listening to the Bored to Death Horror Cast, rendering scary movies and TV shows into wet, chewable chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Binge Cast. Horror Cast continues. I am Jay, being joined by Sam. And we are here to watch a movie called Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, this is one that we found on Shudder. Uh, oh, I've at, known about it. You've known about it, but we spotted that it was on Shudder after we finished watching VHS 94. If you haven't seen, uh, listened to our binge cast uh, for VHS 94, please go do so. Uh, I know that more people than than usual have seen seen it. I don't remember oh, nice. the exact counts, but it's gone up over our usual like single-digit view, view count, so that's always a good sign. Oh, yeah. Um, but... You mentioned it to me uh, that it's done sort of documentary style. Yes. And it's about a, uh, a, a guy who wants to become a slasher, like Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and Michael Myers, who are actual people in this universe. Even its tagline, Freddy, Jason, Michael, we all have someone to look up to. <laughs> uh, and it's about like the training that he puts himself through in order to be ready to become this like horror slasher icon icon. yeah uh and the that concept alone was just enough i was like you know what that sounds like it could be good and you've seen it before oh yeah i've I've seen it multiple times i've recommended it to a lot of people yep and even uh chris hasn't seen it surprisingly enough he says he's just gonna go out and buy it eventually yeah uh chris unfortunately couldn't join us right now because you know the usual work monster yep uh that's just the way it goes with uh, Chris. His uh, work schedule is the busiest out of anybody mm-hmm. uh, in our in our group. But uh, so whenever we can uh, get him to sit down with us for something, we'll always do so. But uh, so I have no nothing else about this. Is well, I had it came never, out in two thousand six. Yeah, and so. I wasn't really paying attention to anything uh, outside of my usual interests back in two thousand six. Was that? I think that was an original Spider Man. Uh, trilogy came out around then around then yeah um and basically anything sort of actiony sci-fi anything horror i just didn't pay attention to um and i don't even think i saw any trailers for it back, back it's then. it's not not as well known but it's known enough to have fresh on rotten tomatoes nice almost hitting 80 uh, 66 metacritic and 6.7 out of 10 on imdb which is not bad yeah, there are there are there are there are yeah there are higher numbers, but there are also much lower numbers. So uh, the fact that it's still still rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes after all this time is a good sign that it's pretty well regarded by those who have bothered to review it. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's really much else to add for this uh, for this intro. Um, we do still plan to do continue Horrorcast as we can fit it into. Uh, Chris's work schedule because we want to do the John Carpenter Apocalypse trilogy, uh, but that's that's for later. Uh, What's interesting is that it says related movies. The number one related movie is Hatchet, which <laughs> I also highly recommend to a lot of people. Okay, well maybe we can do that for Horror Cast next year. Try to squeeze that in. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap up this uh, intro. So nothing else to add. Mm, I think All right. Good. So with this short intro, but uh, we'll be back after the binge. As we consume our fare, give us a like and subscribe. 
If you wish to commune with us, then seek us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCZ Radio Hive, which includes J Bunny's Music Hub, the Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hopper 101, and The Nerd Table. To appease the Elder Gods, contribute to the CKCC Radio Patreon. Now the binge has finished, so let us purge. And we're back. So, it was definitely an interesting little movie. I can see why you, see why you like it, because it sort of plays into all the horror tropes. Plays into the horror tropes. Hanging lampshades on them at every at every stage as well. But there were some scenes that felt like they were missing from the first time I saw it, or I I don't know where they went if there were even even in there. But I swore there was one where he showed them how to keep up with someone, where you would sprint, slow walk, sprint, slow walk, and then there was another scene that mm-hmm. I remember. I can't remember. I think I uh, where he discussed about the the closet. And uh, and the, the removing of the jacket and stuff like that. Okay, well, he brought up the the closet did get brought up, but yeah, the removal of the jacket uh, wasn't mentioned at any point. Um, I like that they sort of they do acknowledge uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and even Chucky. Uh, the, Chucky did get a brief mention there, as all of them are like actual mass murderers you know in this setting but it implies that all of them were merely mundane killers that just did a lot of prep work to seem supernatural uh as we saw with leslie vernon here or uh where he does like ridiculous amounts of cardio and training to be to be beastly strong and ridiculously fast um, and silent too while doing it. The scene in the library was like the perfect example of how fast he could be. Oh yeah, and just jumping over stuff and being very quiet about it. And even things like the first scene where we see Kelly, his in the the one that he'd marked as his survivor the girl, girl, the or really the final girl, as the trope is usually referred to, but the survivor girl here. Um, as she's like at her job at a diner or whatever, just taking trash out back. And she's like propped the door open with a brick, but he has gimmicked the brick with like some fishing line that he can just yank it out of the way. But he has this documentary crew do it instead. Uh, right when she like turns around, thinks that she sees him and then yoink, the door slams shut well, we behind that, him. that part that they were helping him yes. later. This was kind of like the opening opening scare. Yeah. Setting the, the stage to start the fear marinating kind of thing. And I don't... Do they say why they... Uh, Taylor and her crew were, had, were specifically like documenting this? Had he approached them? Or, or what? Uh, he... I think he approached them. Uh, basically just sort of wanting to document his uh, his prep work and everything for all this. And he keeps talking about how... Or maybe, he, I don't know. I don't think they were very clear on who... Uh, who approached who, yeah. But it sounded like... They made it seem like he approached them because mm. he had already picked her out. Yeah. Um, 
they and he keeps talking, you know, using like, oh, sorry, you know, Survivor Girl, it's an industry term, <laughs> which, yes, it is in the film industry for this sort of thing. But uh, and then later when he's when he's talking with Eugene, you know, another one of these like a retired killer like this, but he got out of the business before like the quote unquote supernatural ones like. Jason and and Michael Myers. And yeah, well, they even name dropped, and it's like even, you know, Jay, Mike. Jay, Mike, and Chucky. <laughs> no, it's Jay, Mike, and Fred. Jay, Mike, and Fred, yeah, using them, using, like, the more familiar versions of their names, like their, like their friends or whatever. <laughs> uh, and who knows, maybe they do know each other outside of that, but he basically implied that he would, like, go from town to town, and it was, and he said it was all about quantity over uh, all the prep work and whatnot that they, that they um, were putting in uh, and he said it was like the business of fear well, also they opened up like a like they're filming the opening to a documentary about other uh, real jason yeah about camp crystal lake the real camp crystal lake and uh elm street and springwood and, and they went to go try Illinois. to talk to someone who was a neighbor of freddy krueger or and the guy just sort of gives him a look and then slams the door shut which is kane hodder, which was kane hodder who played, who played jason. jason a good handful of times <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it sort of follows along. They tell the story of Leslie Vernon, uh, this boy who had like killed his family, uh, and the townspeople like threw him over threw him over a waterfall. Yeah, uh, and this is all in like Glen Echo, Maryland, uh, which might actually be a real place. I swear, I think it is a real place in Maryland, um, but. And he's just basically come back to town, but he's uh, living outside of town, not in his family's old house. Because, as he points out, that would look real stupid if I was just if I was just there, just mowing the lawn and everything. Even though I was dead, <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm supposed to be dead, and but he's still doing all this all this training and all this prep work to uh, lay lay the seeds for the 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 fear and everything before he goes on, goes on the killing spree because it's a common thing in town that on like Halloween, was it Halloween or the anniversary of uh, the anniversary of his, of his death that a bunch of teenagers would go, would spend the night in, in his house, like Like dare each other, dare each other to do it. And, uh, he, when they go there later, he's basically pointing out all the work that he's done into making it, uh, so that you can't like open the windows because they're he's nailed, nailed them sh- they're all nailed shut. Uh, the upper windows, uh, if they if they smash those out, uh, the tree branches outside have been sawn, have been partially sawn through and weakened so that they'll break. Also, keep in mind like there's only a few scenes like at the beginning where it's like filmed like a movie. Yeah, where the it's more cinematic style as opposed to documentary style. Yeah, and the ending is all cinematic. And the scene of the library. Well, yeah, because they, I, I kind of want to see if there's a cut that it just has all the cinematic. Cut I mean, that would be like what thirty minutes long, probably. <laughs> um, and then, but the thing is, if you do that, then suddenly, as after those first two scenes, this random trio of people turns up out of nowhere, um, and you don't get any real context then on uh, Doc Holleran. <laughs> Uh, Doc Holleran is the Ahab, you know, the sort of the monster hunter sort of 
sort of thing. Which uh, is Robert played by Robert England. Played by Robert England, which is a nice touch. Freddy Krueger. And uh, then the... Doc, Dr. Holleran is basically the psychiatrist that had uh, uh, treated Leslie when he still lived in like Reno. And because supposedly, because it turns out Leslie, Leslie Vernon is not actually Leslie Vernon. The real Leslie Vernon is dead. His name is Leslie Mancuso. And it's just it's sort of fixated name. on this whole, on, on becoming one of these like, uh, terror, terror figures. But well, yeah, you've got the, the librarian who played the little old lady in, I think the three poltergeist movies, the, mm. the, the short older lady with the very distinct voice. Yeah. Very distinct voice. Um, and there were a couple of other things. There was like this model house in uh, Eugene's uh, living room. It, the, it was just there in the background, but I was like, that has to be a reference to something. Um, you thought it might have been the Exorcist house, but I looked that up. It's not the Exorcist house. Because the, Exorcist the guy house. that was in that was there played in, I think, Exorcist 3. Okay. But that could just be the, th- the reference there, because you also spotted the two little girls... Playing jump rope in that in that one in scene, all white, in, in all white, you know, playing jump rope, and you pointed them out. It's like it's the girls from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yep, uh, I think that thing. was amazing. Uh, little touches like that, um, and it's just. But as like they're going through the documentary stuff, and Taylor, the woman documenting all this stuff, is doing the inter- conducting the interviews and everything. She's she's almost of like two worlds about it. It's like she clearly uh had developed some sort of complicated feelings for Leslie. But at the same time she's sort of off put by the fact that he's planning to kill a bunch of people. Oh. What? At the beginning, uh Taylor's standing in front of the Red Rabbit pub. This is a reference to the Red Rabbit matchbook found in Found by Dr. Loomis in Halloween, 1978. Ah, okay. Um, so she seems almost of two wor- two worlds about it. There are times where she seems like encouraging of all the all the work that he's doing, but then it's just sort of like it's, she's sort of reminded that he's planning to kill people. She's like, mm, I maybe this is maybe I shouldn't be encouraging this. It, it to the point. It got to the point where I was like, "Is this going to flip it around, and she's going to be the one actually doing all the killing here, or what?" Uh, but no, uh, the twist ended up being something else that I kind of also suspected might uh, might be the case. But uh, they they left me guessing just long enough that I was like, "Okay, so that's where we're going." Yeah, you're that. looking. You're looking at more trivia here. Uh, apparently, when they go to Eugene's house, uh, the car parked in Eugene's driveway is the same color, make, and model seen in the uh, the director of Sam Raimi's movie. So it's pretty <laughs> much Sam Raimi's car. Like, like yeah, Sam Raimi's car. Okay. Um, and, but you know, when Doc Doc Halloran shows up to stop his uh, killing the librarian for that scene. Uh, yeah, Leslie escapes and is all excited because he's like, "We've got an Ahab," and you got found another thing. There, there was the, there was a lament configuration puzzle box from Hellraiser sitting on the table when they were interviewing Eugene and his wife. <laughs> well, I, I, I figured that. I figured there were probably a, probably a lot of other horror movie references in there that uh, we probably didn't see. Uh, 
But the, yeah, the twist that comes up is after, you know, Leslie's explained what his game plan is for the night. You know, he's going to uh, wait until one couple peels off to go upstairs and start getting their freak on. And then he's going to burst in, kill them both, and then lay the, lay, you know, set the scene for when people come up later to I scare them out of the house. I knew Eugene's wife's name other than just Jamie Curtis. Uh-huh. Like, her name was Jamie. Halloween and Prom Night is the reference for those. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I, I knew there was a reason for it other than Jamie Lee Curtis. So I just couldn't think of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a whole bunch of other things. Like, he's rigged the uh, the fuse box so he can, like, turn it off remotely. With, like, a kill switch. Uh, with, like, a garage door opener. It looked like he just sort of uh, repurposed one of those. The tool shed, all of the weapons in there. All the well, all the gardening implements and and stuff that they could use as weapons in there have been uh, weakened, or uh, you know, so that they'll break on the first swing, or the heads will come off, or whatever. Uh, and like all the like all of this prep work, and I'm just and I'm just like the, you know, some of this is gonna get it's this is all gonna get referenced. You know, it's all gonna it's all gonna spool oh, out, yeah. spool out, but it's not gonna go the way he's expecting because. That wouldn't that wouldn't make for interesting for an interesting movie after you know he's shown all of this, and sure enough, uh, after when the kids turn up and after he's killed the first couple, uh, she is now some, she is now very much against. Well, she's like, did this really happen, kind of thing? And then she looked, saw it, and she's like, oh, oh yeah. I can't and he immediately it. is just sort of like, come on, everybody out, everybody out. I know he's that like, look. I know that look. You're gonna like this. We can't let this happen. And this is a we can't have this. Let this happen. Look. Yeah. And he basically bids, you know, tells, you know, tells them, you know, to just leave. Uh, and for a moment, they look like they're about to, but she's just like, no, no, we're not letting this happen. As they leave, <laughs> like, as they leave the record, the, the documentary equipment in the car, that's when it switches to cinematic for oh, the rest of the, for yeah, the rest of the movie. Uh, but, and they try, you know, she and her two cameramen try to then uh, stop Leslie's plan from un- unfolding, but they find out that Kelly, the guy, the guy that Le- the woman that uh, the girl that Leslie had fixated on as his survivor girl, isn't a virgin. They they oh, literally they literally walk in on her uh, riding riding him. Reverse uh, cowgirl. Reverse cowgirl, and uh, every yeah everybody else ends up ends up dying, but not in the way we. You know, had it not in the order that we'd originally intended, but still largely by his plan, as they eventually figure out, oh, no, this was his plan all along, uh, because he knew that Taylor was uh, a virgin, and therefore, therefore the survivor girl. Um, there was just, yeah, all of all of this stuff, and, like, she, her going through the same sort of psychological journey of... Uh, Gra- you know, grabbing a weapon, going into the going into the orchard, and sh- you know, taking off her jacket so she's got the white tank top on underneath that will get all stained and everything. And uh, she finally, <laughs> she does finally manage to stop the rampage, but not uh, before. Oh yeah, pretty- he was changing. They thought he was changing it on the fly. They thought he was changing it on the fly. And to be fair, from all from what we saw of how fast he was. He could very easily have done it, but nope. No, his uh, his plan was something else. This was all planned. Mm-hmm. And 
it even it even got to the final like the piece de resistance as he as he referred to it with the cider press out in the orchard uh we saw him just sort of crushing some apples uh in there uh as he was explaining his whole the whole plan and everything and sure enough when uh they got in there he's Injured at this point because she did catch him in the chest with a with an axe. Yeah, uh, but he's been proven before that he wore like wore like a flak jacket. Yeah, uh, he wore a flak jacket under his under his uh, psycho outfit, uh, which saved him when Doc Doc Halloran shot him in the library. Uh, and then, you know, so that may have been what saved him from getting grievously injured with the axe. But uh, she, or if he really knew, he blunt like. Probably the edge off. Yeah, but that would. But you swing one of those hard enough. Oh well, yeah, it's gonna still. It's still gonna oh, seriously even hurt even you through something that won't pierce you. It'll, it'll yeah, do some true. damage, but. Um, but she ambushed him in the in the shed, uh, the cider press shed. I'm pretty sure he planned for all of that too. Yeah, that's like probably made it so the cider press had like a stopping point where it would not kill him. Yeah, probably. Uh, but she managed. She first. Ambushes him by swinging a hook down from like the the ceiling out of the corner to knock him down, uh, and but you know he of course has prepped for this and he just overpowers her, tries to strangle her, but then she grabs his sickle, which was like his signature weapon, as exactly as he pointed out with the whole like phallic imagery stuff. She grabbed his weapon and then used it <laughs> against him as as her empowering moment. <laughs> She grabbed the weapon. Mm-hmm. And then she just hauled him over to the cider press, shoved his head in it, kneeled on his back as she just cranked it until it, until it was squeezing his head. And he pops his mask off as he's just like, I knew it was you. And then just one final turn that seemed to stop him. But And then she like pours kerosene all over the place and sets, sets it on fire. Uh, her surviving cameraman and Doc Halloran catch up to her oh you skipped over a lot of people i guess what well we want to i'm not trying i'm not trying to do a blow to blow by blow thing here but yeah definitely something people should go out and watch there was there's a scene that goes on during the credits Mm -hmm. where it's like security camera in a in the morgue as a guy's just wheeling a wheeling the gurney in pulls the uh sheet back and you can just see a horribly burned body there and I'm just and while the Talking Head Psycho Killer is playing over the credits, of course. When uh, I'm just like, okay, it's going to happen. Where is it? Uh, because there was something that before I pointed out earlier in the movie, he talked about uh, yo- how some yoga practitioners are able to like slow their heartbeat. Uh, I think it was it was when they went to go uh, get Eugene out of his sensory deprivation tank. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, when they get to Eugene's place. He is in a sensory deprivation tank out in the woods by his house, buried. And it turns out he'd been there for like three days. <laughs> I was like, what is it, Tuesday? No, <laughs> Thursday. What? Um, and that's when uh, he, he brings up the heartbeat thing. And I'm just like, okay, interesting. But it wasn't until, that, uh, until, until the credit scene that I was like, ah. Because, yeah, sure enough, he sits up on the gurney. The the uh, and the guy in the morgue is has his back turned, and he and then you just see the head slowly turn to look at him as the as it cuts to black. Uh, 
But there was something else that he pointed out when, after he's sort of laid out what his plan is, is he's putting his makeup on that he wears underneath the, underneath his mask. He explains that it's like a, it's a combination of like preparation H and what was that? Like what a else? flame retardant. Well, flame retardant was like part of his own special mixture, but there was something else he said in there that helped like constrict the blood vessels. So you won't, uh, I thought that was prep H. Maybe I could have sworn he said there was something else in there. Uh, but the flame retardant stuff, I was like, mm, okay. And then it didn't seem like it came up until like the thing got place got set on fire, and I was half expecting there to be a shot of the cider press in the burning shed, uh, but no no body in it. But instead, we got the scene in the in the credits. I was like, all right, there you go. Too bad there wasn't a sequel. Yeah, uh, but well, like, I feel sequel, but I feel like the sequel being a proper horror movie. Yeah, but the, and that would sort of lose the charm, as it were, yeah, that true. this movie has. Um, the only way you could do it is if you had some some other documentarian sort of chronicling the story of other other survivor girls and they come across her. So one of the things, I, I thought it was really interesting that they uh, he talked about the turtles and their names. Yeah. I realized why. Church is the name of the cat from Pet Cemetery 1. Okay. Zoe is the name of the dog from Pet Cemetery 2. Ah, there you go. And the turtles had some significance to the Leslie Vernon story. Uh, yeah. The turtles picked the body the, clean. Yeah. Uh, the turtles at the bottom of the waterfall or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was, I liked how they addressed all the common like horror tropes and sort of like hung the lampshade on, on all of them while still throwing the occasional little twist in there to make it interesting. Uh, they have some other random ass things like Kelly Curtis. I was like, Oh, Curtis as in Jamie Let, Lee. Yeah. It's like, damn it. <laughs> Uh, which she has a sister named Kelly Curtis. <laughs> nice. Wow. I, I didn't know they were. I didn't that. know that either. Uh, but something that I, I made a little note to myself while we were watching this, cause something had occurred, like uh, something, a question to ask, but I didn't want to waste the question while we were watching. Okay. Uh, to save it for this. Cause you're the guy, you know, in the house who knows a lot about horror movies, you and Chris together probably know, probably cover all the bases. Pretty much. Uh, something that I'm, I'm wondering, has there ever been a horror movie that threw in a twist, you know, a slasher type like this, uh, where the, it turns out the final girl is the killer? Yes. I can't remember which one, but I do I do know there is one. Uh, God, I wish I could remember what it was. Because I was, I was about to say, if that's not a... If that's not a, twi- if that's not a horror twist movies. that somebody... Um, if there's not a horror twist, uh, that a horror movie that's done a twist like that, there needs to be. Uh, I'm not counting the ending to VHS 94 because uh, that was just a whole combination of uh, stuff going on there. Uh, but yeah, it was. But uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, definitely a good good horror movie. If you can if you can find it somewhere to stream it or find it, get yourself a copy of a blue of a DVD or Blu-ray, go ahead and do so. It is currently on shutter. We are, uh, making, making use of Sam's, uh, trial subscription, uh, to, to view it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely one to check out. Definitely. Uh, anything else really to add? Uh, other than it has a 
metric f ton of references oh. to all of horror. Yeah, if you're a horror, horror if you're a icons. horror fan, you could probably go frame by frame and find way more than the ones that we've mentioned. I here. mean, I I even pointed out that the uh, the van they're driving around is a Volkswagen van that was looked similar to the one in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and that wasn't even on IMDb. I, I mean, it's it's well, hey, you know, IMDb is actually user curated, so you could probably go ahead and edit or submit that to IMDb to be included in the uh, to be included in the trivia about this movie. Um, I'm probably gonna scope out TV tropes and look on look on the trivia page to see if there are any other like shout outs and uh, such that uh, we haven't covered here. But and maybe I could get a Chris on it, watch it, and we could come through. Uh, do, do our t- own do uh, do like a take two but with just the two of you the take two with us talking about the the different references okay, we yeah. saw and what we yeah just get yourself like a little notepad and just jot down all the references you set, you see you could even keep a make a game out of it see who can spot the most or well, be spot the spot the ones that the other one doesn't <laughs> i was about to say that'd be kind of unfair since i've seen it twice now and yeah read half the imdb about it um but it's yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, scoping it out if you if you can get the chance to to do so. If you are a horror movie fan, you will probably enjoy it. Uh, all the little like references, you know, the industry uh, terms that they that they keep throwing around, the business of fear, as Eugene. I I kind of just want that as a actual poster. Oh, you found like the the promotional release poster for it. Yeah. Yes. I'm probably gonna have to see if I can find that to use that as as the thumbnail for the for it when I for this when I put it up on YouTube. Uh, You'll know if if I did if you uh, when you if you're looking at this on YouTube. But yeah, uh, don't think that there's a whole lot else to add. We can probably just wrap this up here unless you have anything else to. to I definitely go watch it. Definitely go watch it. it. But uh, that concludes this edition of the horror cast. As noted uh, previously, we do still intend to do the John Carpenter Apocalypse Trilogy. It just depends heavily on uh, Chris's work schedule. Uh, we definitely want to have him included in this because he's the one who knows the most about all three of those movies. And we're, you know, it's it's November now. We're heading into the holiday season. That's going to affect uh, people's schedules as well. That's kind of why we only got three out of the horror cast. Yeah, but that's why we're and doing late. horror cast extended. And who knows, maybe we'll we'll turn Horrorcast into an occasional thing and not just something that happens solely in solely in the fall. Solely in Spooktober. Mm-hmm. Spooktober and well we can always do Spooktember and then Spooktober. Yeah. And you know, just continue well, I, I like know over I'm the a, course of over the course well, look of look forward fall. to us doing um Santa's Sleigh. Santa's Sleigh, yeah. In December. Uh that's the Goldberg one, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Where the world's mightiest Jew plays Santa Claus. <laughs> I love the opening, the opening kill scene. Well, don't and, say, don't say anymore. No, I'm just going to say all the actors at the table celebrating Christmas are all Jewish. <laughs> Every last one of them. I think they probably were just like, well, we've got, we've got this, we've got I, a Jew playing Santa, playing it Santa was Claus on purpose. I'm sure, it was. and it was great. But uh, I don't want to ruin who's actually there right. because there are some big, more well-known actors there than you'd think. Uh, But yeah, that'll uh, conclude this edition of the HorrorCast. So for Sam, I am Jay, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to a Bored to Death HorrorCast. 
Our back library of episodes can be found on YouTube or CKCC Radio. We will find you when it's time to binge and purge. <laughs>